conversation that we began this morning so we can have more of a conversation about that. Um, so we were talking about, um, really the whole conversation was about what, what people are most committed to and which is identifying with their box, which is serving out their unconscious purpose. And we began to talk a little bit about the only way to work with that is to choose consciously. And to, um, so we spoke some about the value of practice and that it's much larger than I had imagined the simple phrase that there's value in practicing. But the necessity of practice then becomes that it is your only access to creating consciously. Because you choose to practice, you create consciously. In particular, you're talking about, we were talking about laboratories. The, that, that laboratories aren't just little experiments with mm -hmm. relatively, you know, frivolous consequences. But rather that, that, the, that there are an opportunity to consciously practice, to create consciously. And without that, without that practice of creating consciously, you can bet on the fact that you are creating unconsciously. And I think we, we talked around the issue that, you know, it's likely that you'll look for evidence that the laboratory isn't working, but the truth of the matter is that you create consciously or you create unconsciously. And I don't know that I don't know that just because you're working in a laboratory that you stop creating unconsciously. It just is the laboratory is the space where you're creating consciously. Well, hopefully you'll create a laboratory that gives you feedback. It's called a, a coaching team. So that what you've got is a laboratory that's designed to give you feedback. It's designed to create necessity for you to function. outside of your hidden purpose. Okay. So, some of our conversation today also was about identification. Probably all of our conversation was about identification, but one of the things that I learned this morning is that is the fascination with my box. Like, being committed to being my box. Mm -hmm. And that if I can maintain that commitment, then I operate from the assumption that everyone else is simply, that I can understand everyone else because they are simply their box. And some boxes I like and some boxes I don't like. And the I that makes that choice is my box. So the interesting thing about boxes is that only by not identifying myself as my box or not identifying with myself not being my box, not giving that, I guess, majority vote, mm -hmm. then is it possible to look at other people and to be with other people outside of the realm of their box? Uh, yeah. And that, um, yeah. that I think is connected to the conversation that I was most interested in having, which is, why am I so adaptive? 
And why is it I look around and see nothing but adaptiveness or adaptivity or adaptive behavior? And I think it's connected to what I just said or what we were talking about, and that is that I'm committed to being my box. And I'm looking for any, excuse me, Hello? Yes? Okay, well, we're at Sue's house, so we'll swing by and get them. Because we lost... So we, um, no, we forgot some things here, so we just turned around and came back to Sue's house. So we'll swing back and get them. Well, we'll be downstairs in five minutes. Okay. I'm just gonna stop it. Yeah. So a different way from you might, but I'll get there. All right, it's fine. Okay, so so then we were talking a little bit about what's like what's the phenomenon that I invite you to not talk about what we were talking about, but just to talk about it again. I'm trying to get primed again. Don't worry about that. It takes care of itself. It works better if you talk about okay. it now rather than talking about what we talked about. That was priming works better that way. That's exactly why I wanted to suggest that. The um so So we have this group of people yeah. who for, you know, who are 11 people who for two and a half years yeah. have been working together, you know, that's, yeah, two and a half years at least, have been working together. Fourth intensive we're on our way to. And what I noticed, one of the things you said this morning, well, what I noticed is that even in the face of information about the map of conversations and about the possibility for a conscious conversation and the inevitability of an unconscious conversation, that people are still far more comfortable being adaptive and dealing with the consequences of that, which is that they're able to identify with their box. That's still the choice. That's what you're saying is it's a choice. Yes, but what I'm saying, but I'm saying something else. I'm saying something. I guess I'm not saying something else. I'm interested in something else. I'm interested in what does it take besides information? What does it take for people for that choice to be a more obvious choice or a a more persistent choice? You mean when you say obvious? You mean like okay, right now I'm about to make a choice for conscious or unconscious? Yes rather than just unconsciously making a choice for unconscious and not even having the option. Well, not using it. Not using the option. So, you know, what you're talking about is occlusion. Like Say that again. Occlusion, like occluding. Like when the sun is shining and the clouds come over the sun, then it looks as if there is no sun. 
the sun didn't go away, but it, we are unaware of sun because the clouds have occluded the sun. Right. So it's the same way as that decision. It's like something occludes that decision, the, the potential for that decision. So we, you know, I was writing today about uh, shifting identity and what, uh, like, we often shift identity. We've talked about that before. We often shift identity, for example, when we answer the phone, you know, and, and you can watch somebody shift identity when they answer the phone and it's the police or their mother or somebody, their kids or somebody. They shift identity and you can watch them shift back when they hang up the phone and start to talk to you again. And that uh, sudden shift of identity is something we're capable of to do it all the time. We just don't do it consciously. And it's kind of like um, when we shift from one identity to another identity, we go unconscious during the transition in the same way that we almost never are aware of the fact that we're blinking our eyes. Because when we blink our eyes, we're blind. We're com it's completely black, but in our, our consciousness, we're not aware of that. We're not aware that we're blind in between. So it's like during the shifting time, we get knocked unconscious and either here's one view, then we blink and we open our eyes and there's another view and we, we think it's continuous, but the fact is it's not. There's a transition time. We get knocked unconscious. We, we turn ourselves off. Or so it's the same way. Like, okay, here's a moment to make a choice. Here's a moment to make a choice. Here's a moment to make a choice. And in those, um, in the moments, that possibility of making a choice gets occluded, gets blocked. It's, uh, it becomes unconscious. We're not aware of it. Well, you're, talk so you're talking about raising the level of pain. Is that what you're talking about? Perhaps. No, there's something, there's some exchange that happens in this survival conversation. There's some exchange that happens for, I'm, I am committed to being identified with my box. Therefore, I will, this is connected to adaptivity. This is, this is connected. And I can't, I'm not drawing, I'm not, it's not through for me yet, but it is connected. Because the piece about adapting, what you sell, what you trade for the permanence of your box is all of this possibility. Yes. So, what I'm saying is in order for people to get that, they have to realize, they have to have a realization or an experience of their adaptivity. And in that experience, then they can see, or then it is possible to realize what you're paying for that adaptivity. Because this map of conscious creation is not possible if I am my box. And yet, the exchange, the currency I'm trading on right now is that I am my box. Yeah. So that, that like all that you've said has is there's accuracy to it and I don't know how people can get to that unless they understand and even understanding is like bullshit not understand unless they have an experience of that the currency they're trading on that's the best way I can say it <coughs> is their box that that's what they're most invested in 
Well, the currency they're trading is possibility. Is Perhaps. I mean, you think anyone knows that from I Must Survive? Anybody? They're not, there's, no con there's no concentration on possibility. It is the cost. You're right. But that's not what I... Like, uh, it's darker than that. I'm trading on minimizing, not possibility. I'm trading on the opposite of possibility. So that that's why when you said the the scenes connect, yeah. like oh, I don't even know how you said it. There's a it appears as if it's continuous. Yeah. Well, of course it does because in my in my um, most adaptive state, in my identified state with my box. I don't even recognize possibility. It's like I don't even see possibility because right. I'm not looking for possibility. I'm looking to clearly identify the next box. I am my box, you are your box. Once I understand you, I can work you. Great, next. And so that's the currency I'm trading on, which is not possibility, but the opposite of that, which would be what? Um, um, it's like... Uh, sec security or safety. Knowing. You know, um, uh, yeah, so that I would understand all the ramifications of any particular situation so I would be safe. Yeah. Now, I can't, I don't know if I'm describing to you my particular cramp or the universal nature of the cramp. I don't know which one I'm describing, but that's the way it works for me, knowing. And yet, the 11 people I know who are working like this, 12 you, have the same cramp. So I don't know, did we find each other? And we all shit the same color, or is there is that a universal thing? Well, uh, we could play it both ways and see what happens. I mean, one way, if it's a universal thing, then we are justified. Okay. But if it's a, if it's a group of people who found that they wanted to build a better defense strategy by studying defense strategies. That's different. Well, and it could be both things. Could be that it is a universal strategy, and this is a group of people who wanted to take, who wanted to understand it. So that they would know defense strategy. It's really kind of a useless consideration. Yeah. So, the so here's the thing about that. If so, so I have an experience of my exchange. I'm willing to be adaptive at all costs so that I will know the world I'm living in. So I'm willing to be adaptive for the illusion of knowing and and what I get for that is that I can drive from that seat. I will be able to be pissed off. I will be able to be victimized. I'll be able to justify any of my actions to survive because people are trying to get me. So, what I'm describing to you is clearly on the unconscious side of the map of conversation. Yeah. Now, Getting to the to the conscious side of the map of conversation. Well, it, 
I'm still... It takes an education. Yeah, it takes an education in exploring life with a box that is in flux anyway. You know, if a box is transitioning from one state to another state, it's in a liquid state, so you're in a flux state. So, in that, in that way, the solidity of the box is um, compromised, you know. So, it's not totally dedicated to defense. It can't be because there's nothing to defend because it's transitioning. So, but that's in terms of the nature of reality being groundlessness. That's one thing that we're practicing is shifting from identity to identity and spending more time in the liquid state. But that's but, but to shift from you know I'm born uh, I'm a victim uh, and then the world doesn't work like I think it should. So I'm going to make the worry the world. I'm going to choose to live and make the world work and make the way the world works normal for me and incorporate that into me as my hidden purpose then is to dedicate and sustain what is normal then I'll survive part of that normalcy huh? I want to go north okay so we passed the, okay huh? good good this is right yeah so I'm going to dedicate myself to su sustaining that normalcy which we figured out includes being a victim. And to sustain being a victim then, I'll be adaptive. Since part of part of the hidden purpose is to be a victim. It's just built in. Right. And to be identified with that is absolutely natural and actually probably necessary up until, you know, we're 12 or 15 years old. And at that point, it would become possible to shift to a different context than the box as defense strategy, which is, I'm alive in the world, and like you said, the box doesn't go away. The box, we're not destroying the box, we're just entering a new game. It's a, there's a completely different game possible. What's the new game? It's like you're not gonna take the box apart, you're not gonna, destroy the box, get rid of the box, make the rock box bad or wrong, eliminate the box, it's not going to happen. Disassemble the box, it's not going to happen. The box is the box. The box well, and it's not even desirable that it happen. Yeah. If it, if it were to happen, like, well, it doesn't even matter. It's like the, the desire to have the box dismantled or to have it go away yeah. is still adaptivity. It's still commitment to being your box. Because it's all it is is in relationship to what you've deemed unacceptable. Okay. And what we're talking about is accepting what is. The human condition is. So to accept that, mm -hmm. then there's another possibility. To resist that in any way keeps you in relationship to that. So that is what you're choosing by your resistance. Okay. So it's no different than fully participating in it. You know, like I have, like I spent some time trying to dismantle my box because I want that part of me gone so the so the better part of me will show up bigger. Well, so that's a that's a uh, inaccurate model that I think a lot of people jump to that conclusion. 
that there's good and bad, yeah. and if I can grow the good side, then I'll be a more productive human being. Rather than what is, is conscious or unconscious creation. That is what exists. So, knowing my unconscious creation and my how I do that is necessary. Like, understanding how I do that is part of the puzzle. But then, like, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna master that. I'm never gonna contain that. All I can do is increase the amount of time I spend consciously creating. Because this conversation we're having, like, if you, this morning you said, uh, people are born into victimhood. They're, they're born on the victim spot of the drama triangle. Well, that is so for several reasons. That is so because the human condition is, is that we will create unconsciously. So that's necessary, as you just described. It's necessary to be a victim. All right? Then the other thing is that as adults, we perpetuate the system because everything around us needs to be as we know it. Yeah. So children need to be as we know them, as, as we describe them. So we create adaptive behavior. What is acceptable and good, what feels good, those things are rewarded at the level to which they serve adaptiveness. And I say to you, a lot of that, that the way we train leaders is that we teach them how to encourage people to adapt. Okay. Because the last thing you want is somebody who's not going to follow. That's the principle of, cre of leadership as it works, I'd say, you know, I don't know about other societies, but as it works in America. Yeah. You create adaptive followers. And so, <coughs> excuse me. And so we've said this. Named several, like maybe four or five years ago, that the purpose of the camp program was to create leaders in relationship. Okay. Or followers. Well, I'd submit to you that it's the same thing, because the model for leadership is creating adaptive people. Okay. And so, yes, that's exactly what was created. And so. There's a lot of aloneness in letting go of creating adaptive people around you. Because, because there's an attachment, there's an adrenaline to having adaptive people around you. So you stop creating adaptive people around you and people are much more interested in what they're creating. People are much more interested in generating. I would say that the, you're obviously going to edit this, so I would say that the, the group has existed but for the purpose of creating adaptive people. It certainly served me in that instance. I think it served every single person in that instance because then people could know where they were. They could know their box and they could see the box of everyone else. And then it's known. And we could do it under the guise of expanding. But the comfort created in that, you know, is is that 
lack of an edge, that that piece that makes unconscious, that sleeping part, that it's like it's not being aware of the blink. It's like that lulling then gives you the illusion that it's all connected, that it's all continuous. And so I didn't, I mean, literally all of this is ringing for me. Ringing, what do you mean? Like, uh, cycling, moving, resonating. It's not, it's still moving for me because if I'm not being adaptive and I'm not interested in others I'm, if I'm not being adaptive and therefore interested in knowing everyone's box, then what do I do with my time? Because, like, like, I mean, there's so much, the, the ramifications are big because it's like the whole system the whole system of fundraising is about boxes. How so? Well, you discuss, you you find what people are interested in based on exterior information, and then you match that with some activity that will get them involved. Okay. So, what I do is find boxes and match it with activity because. The, there isn't enough. There isn't enough infrastructure nor enough time to ask people to start generating, because the generative process is, you know, it's is happening on the music side. So I just need them to pay for it. So that exchange, there's already some limitation in that exchange. But then when you start looking at social convention. There aren't many social conventions that aren't about making sure people are adaptive. I like what? Well, like a, a stadium sports event. There's a certain there's a certain way people are expected to come in. People want to come in that way. There are certain refreshments that are served to enhance either the sugar overload or the alcohol overload, but to enhance the, the feasting. And so people are encouraged to feast, people are encouraged to unleash their gremlins. And so that is identifying with the box. People are encouraged to be lulled into unconscious creation. And as we, we already know, that's the natural state anyway, so they're just encouraged to take one more step as a group in mass. The same thing with, I can't think of anything that's not that way, a credit card. Same thing. The encouraging, that what you're encouraged to do is stay unconscious. Therefore, there are more processing fees, there are more um, percent, you know, uh, what's it called? Interest, Interest fees. Yeah. So that money can be made, but you, but the whole process is set up to make it easy for you to stay asleep. It is the hard part is to be awake with a credit card, because then you have to stay up on the billing cycle, which is always 26 days or 23 days or 19 days or 27 days. It's never a, a cyclical month. You 
know, it's set up so that it's four days off the month. So that if you try to pay your bills on time, what the rest of your systems are set up, then you're going to be late, which means you're going to pay an extra $15. So who wants to pay one bill each month differently than the rest of the bills? So it's set up that way. Yeah. The um, electricity is set up that way. You, you draw in electricity for luxury items. So you lull yourself to sleep with any number of, you know, massagers, teapots, televisions. Uh, I, that's, that's what I meant by teapot. Uh, whatever it is, and then you'll get the bill at the end of the month. So it's like the whole system is that way. So what people are being, what we're asking people in the intensive to, to be aware of is that that identification is, um, that it permeates everything. That the impulse to identify is, is our entire culture. We teach children that. You know, I say this all the time, I think I've said this probably a million times. You go into a kindergarten class and you ask for a piano player and five singers. You're going to get, you, you've got a class of 20 people, you're going to get 50 different combinations of piano players and five singers. Anybody can do any of that. You know, so you go into a class of second graders and you ask for a piano player and five singers, you're going to have a much harder time finding a second grader who can play the piano and five singers. Because by second grade, two years difference, we have taught out of them any sense that they can do it because they can't do it right. There's a right way to do that. And we teach that out of them. And once we teach that out of them, then we teach all the other things out of them. You know, we teach, we teach that boys do things this way and girls do things this way. And if you're you know, if your private parts itch, you don't touch them in public. And you keep your pants on and you don't pee. And you tie your shoes. And you only mark on that line that says name. And you, trees are always green. And, you know, those things. So that by the time people go through the structured school, what they're being encouraged to do is adapt. Because that's the game of success. You want to succeed in this culture, you adapt. And even the mavericks are the people who understand that adaptive behavior is happening and they think they have some hook for how to gather or harness some of those adaptive people. But Ted Turner, I mean, the tremendously successful businessman, and I would guarantee you that what runs him is his box. There's no indication that he's creating consciously just learn the system. So, so what we're saying to people in this fourth intensive is it's not, you know, probably it couldn't be heard before now, but it's not, it's not so, it's not so um, black and white as you choose consciously or you choose unconsciously. It is, all choices are unconscious unless they're conscious. So it's not 50-50, it is 99 and point and one. That's the ratio. It is all unconscious unless it's conscious.
which means today, this is the time I'm on the conscious side. This conversation is a, we've created consciously. We're having this conversation. The rest of my day has been on that side. Even, like, I don't have a, even when I'm working on projects at work, I'm working, I'm working with adaptive people. I want them to be adaptive. I want them to get the three right choices. Because at the end of the week, I want to have accomplished these things. And so in that much knowing, how can there be conscious creation? That if I already know where I want them to end up, business you know where it wants to end up not really. it's not true you want this many people you want this end product you want this much income there's there's something you're heading for now maybe I've gotten maybe I don't have all this yet because you know that goal like you know where you need to end up so then there's a whole lot in between there that goal and where you are now. Yeah. There's a whole lot of conscious choice to happen. So you can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Which baby? Well, what I'm saying is you can't you can't discount the fact that there's a whole lot of opportunity for conscious creation in between the choices we've already made. Like, you know, it isn't feasible to uh, stop paying my house payment. I, I suppose I could. I no longer want that house. But I've made that choice to have that house. Yeah. Now I have a lot of other choices to make about how I keep that house and what I'm willing to do for that and how many other people I'm willing to sacrifice for that. There are a lot of other choices to have been made. So whether or not I made that choice consciously or unconsciously, the next choice I get to choose again, consciously or unconsciously. So that's the distinction in between how it is you work with goals and objectives and those kinds of things. Because you know, I mean, I don't know what it is, but you know you need 21 trainings this year or 19 trainings this year. Yeah. And how you get there is, you have a lot of choices. How you decided that, conscious or unconscious, is irrelevant because the next choice is conscious or unconscious. So I want this house I want this house, this three-story house with a swimming pool in the backyard because I want us to look good. Well, okay, now, next choice. You know, it's like, I can, and what most people do is continue to choose down that path. Every choice reinforces the next choice. There isn't enough, people are out to get me, boom, boom, boom. And what, what we're talking about is that it isn't that linear. You can follow it, and you will follow it in a line, unless you jump out of line. Keep going through Conway. So Clint, that's, that's, that changes the model a little bit. 
we have been drawing the map of conversation as a neutral line down the middle and it exists over here and it exists over here. And I think that's the possible map of conversation. The working map of conversation has the line running down the side over here and it's this much of the paper is unconscious and this much of the paper is conscious. And that the goal is to move that line. You're talking volume right now, or percentage or something. Yeah. And that's not, that's not what that line is. It's just a distinction line. But what you're saying is, well, so, so you just, what you just did was define the purpose of the intensive or purpose of working with ourselves in this environment, which is to function on the conscious side of that. measures where the mind can only decompress so much and then it shuts down then the there's a progression to this work because you can only absorb so much yeah that's not true of the mind the mind could do a ton more but we put a lot of gates and drains and back doors in our mind so that it's only possible to absorb so much the truth about the mind is that you can take all this in in a 30 minute piece and get it and be done with it if you didn't have all the other sewers that you had plugged into your mind. What you have said is that over and over again for the past two and a half years, this team of people has been exposed to the radical knowledge of the map of possibility in conscious creating and has chosen consistently to not use it or not apply it or to choose it on the unconscious side of the map, even in the knowledge of of hidden purpose, etc. So, 
people choose to continue to unconsciously manifest their lives is just what is. It is, it just is. So, you know, we have the choice, we're making the choice right now whether or not we identify with their boxes, if we see them as their box, or if something else is possible. If they're not their box, then all else is possible. So. We know enough about the universe to know that this exists because everything before it was necessary. Okay. There's no, I mean, the universe is pretty economical. It just does what's needed. Mm -hmm. So people had to hear, had to be, had to experience what they've experienced. Including, I think, the breakdown of this group. But that breakdown clearly is riding with people. Nobody's dropped that at the door and just forgotten about it. Mm -hmm. That's an experience since Thursday that's been alive for people. Because it means that their primary mode of adapting, adapting is changing. Now what the human mind will do with that is try to figure out how to adapt to the next thing. But we don't, nobody knows what the next thing is and therefore kind of in a liquid state until the next thing appears. Mm -hmm. So we have a real opportunity. In the absence of what to adapt to, mm -hmm. there's some possibility. Then people will choose. When something appears, people will choose whether or not to adapt to it. Or, you know, likely they're going to adapt. That's what humans do. <clears throat> if we go into the intensive and not adapt to people's boxes, then there's nothing wrong because then we're not experiencing them as their box right regardless of how they manifest right regardless of the choices that they make right and you're less likely to be operating as your box you can you can operate as your box still but you could you're less likely to and if we're not operating as our box then we're generating something other than this defensive context so then that's the expansive context, which is conscious generating. You know, there's two kinds of generating, defensive or expansive. So we're talking about generating in the expansive context. Right. Then, you know, I choose that. If I choose that, then uh, it doesn't mean that anybody else will choose it. Or if I don't choose it, it also doesn't mean anybody else won't choose it. That's independent of each other. Like there's no, we could go there and have everybody choose box, take box world. I, I'm my box, you're your box. We could do the whole intensive in box and walk out. Or we could go in there and somebody could choose not box 
and um, everybody could choose not box. Or some people could choose box and some people could choose not box and the people who choose box might not know the people who chose not box chose not box. Well, and then there's the re then there's some responsibility for for the fact that you know you like you know we do this to expand the amount of time we spend consciously creating. So it's like anything you teach, you know, you teach it to learn it, mm -hmm. and when you teach, you, you find out where people are, and you set up steps for them, things that stretch them, things that open new worlds, things that expand their knowing, their understanding mm -hmm. of what is. But you don't, like you don't teach someone how to horseback ride by putting them on a horse and slapping the horse on its butt. And then when they're done with the ride, they've learned it. Right. You don't do that because you're likely to, to lose them along the way. Right. They'll break their neck, the horse will get hurt, you'll, have, you'll go through a lot of horses and a lot of people. So the same would be true of just working a space. Right. That where people, where people currently stand in the map of conversation is fairly important in terms of where you're going to take them. So there are some people who haven't even been through the hidden purpose process yet in the room. Yeah. There's some people who don't, there's some people who haven't, who haven't, there's some people in the room who haven't perhaps experienced the cost of their adapting. They know they're adapting, but there's some people who haven't experienced that. Maybe they've experienced it and not languaged it. So, but in the face of all of that, there still is a way that the work can be done that people can get as much as they can get. Do you think that that has happened before? That people can get as much as they can get? Mm -hmm. Yes, and from where I'm sitting right now, I see a lot of other things that have happened before. What? Well, I, th I know that I've been really adaptive. Okay. So, I haven't even had the conversations I wanted to have. I've been trying to learn how to have the conversation you were most interested in. Okay. Well, if that's not my goal, mainly because, I mean, th that's true for me. I've been trying to learn how to have a fluid conversation with the, based on the conversation you wanted to have. Mm -hmm. So I haven't even asked myself, what's the conversation I want to have? <laughs> so, because if we're going to have conscious conversation, mm -hmm. then I have to have some.